How do you know you're up to date? When you follow EMS World, you answer that question with confidence. Because when we say EMS World, we mean the whole world of EMS. The remaining question for you is how will you stay up to date? In print, online, at EMS World Expo, the world's largest EMS dedicated conference, and now in a podcast. Welcome to episode nine of our Live from the Expo Floor podcast series. You know, it's no secret that we are evolving as an industry. Scope of practice, therapies, medication formularies, everything seems to change. The age-old dilemma, however, remains the same. The careful balance between tradition and progression. Here to rap with me about this is a real star in the pre-hospital world, Charles Coyle is the Division Chief of the Palm Beach County Fire and Rescue Department. Charles, thanks for coming in, man. Hey, thanks for having me. It's been a great show, and I, I'm so happy to be sitting here and doing a, getting, a, getting an opportunity to rap with you a little bit. Oh, this is great, man. Uh, so like I said, you are a, uh, you're a shining star. You're an up-and-comer here. Uh, lots of great things happening in your department. Um, you know, so before we even hop into that, yeah. why don't you talk a little bit about what's going on down there? Because like I say, there, there's some really cool stuff going on down there. Yeah, I'll tell you, we're very blessed down in Palm Beach County to have, you know, very progressive medical directors. We work with Dr. Ken Shepke, Dr. Paul Pepe, and Dr. Peter Antevi. So, you know, heavy hitters, heavy well, hitters. I got to tell you, if it comes off the printing press, we're trying to put it in practice within the end of the week. That's pretty cool. I mean, that in itself is pretty cool. So tell me a little bit about, um, you know, Palm Beach County's agency. It's fire based. Um, how many folks are there? Where, where are you at? Yeah, so we have 49, currently we have 49 fire stations. We have wow. approximately 1,500 employees. Uh, we care for 1.4 million citizens, and we, we run about 130,000 calls a year, roughly about 80,000 transports. That's a lot. That's yeah, a we're lot. Busy. All right, so, so you certainly know about tradition versus progression. Um, you know, you've been in the game for a while, and, you know, those that have understand that as quickly as we change something, we seem to go back to it and then we change it again. So let's just wrap a little bit about that and, and where we stand as an industry as we move uh, towards progressing this type of uh, mobile integrated healthcare because we were just speaking about that. Like we don't even refer to it. So here we are, right? Uh, tradition versus progression. We don't really even refer to it as EMS anymore, right? I mean, this is now just a part of something larger. You know, I like to refer to mobile. That's the future. Let's just be, you know, let's just you know, look at programs like ET3, you yep. know, the CMS created. And, you know, it gives you a portal and an opportunity for a funding source to, you know, go in someone's home, take care of them, uh, tie in the, the telemedicine portion of it. And ultimately, you could take them to another facility. So you start looking, even though that's under the 911 system, there has to be a large MIH component that comes along with it. So I look at MIH as an extension of EMS. So we're all under the same umbrella. But MIH really, you know, is there to take care of you after the call. And that's, you know, when, when you look at healthcare in general, that's what it should be. It shouldn't be just our job is to come to your home, get you to the hospital, and then you're on your way. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's a, truthfully, I think it's a perfect example of progression, right? So, I mean, we are trying to progress this industry to be something better, to be something greater, and to be something that's sustainable. That's the thing, right? So if we just keep it locked in on EMS, sure, that's one portion, but is that sustainable? I don't believe so. You know, I, and I think that's the key word, right? Sustainability. So, mm -hmm. you know, when you start to offer services or services, there's other people in the industry that do it. 
how much longer does it take to, you know, your community starts looking at that and says, how come I don't get that service? Right. So when you, you know, I, I look at COVID, if I, I hate to, to even talk about COVID, but let's, let's, let's give the reality of it here. When you have a hospital that's overflowing with patients and you're looking at a wall time, two to three hours, is that the right thing for somebody that doesn't feel good, that's got a minor fever? I mean, is that is taking them to the hospital? What good is that really doing at that particular time? It's not even close to what we should be doing. And, you know, I, I, we look at this and we say, well, how, what other ways are we progressing in this industry? What are we doing? I mean, and I think obviously mobile, mobile integrated healthcare is a perfect example from a, from a, a 3,000 foot view. But as we look down more into the therapy side of things, what are, what are we doing differently? I, I like to, you know, I, how do you not go to CPR? How do you not talk about the cardiac arrest? And I call it the evolution of cardiac arrest. Sure. Because if you look back in the 1800s, they, they were talking about cardiac arrest and pushing on the chest. And then in the 1960s, they started saying, well, you got to give ventilations. And then in 2010, we don't give ventilations. Right. And then we hire a bunch of paramedics and all they want to do is innovate somebody during the cardiac arrest. You know, you got to stop the compressions. Right. And really, if you if you look at where we're at now, we're back really to the basics is what I, you know, it's, it's just really, I mean, merely focusing on perfusion and circulation and all of the other stuff, you know, turned out to be like kind of like arbitrary things that really just didn't pan out in the literature, you know, epinephrine and amiodarone, you know, really what it takes is good BLS care. And then, you know, BLS puts you back to life. I sure. believe ALS keeps you alive. Sure. So, you know, I, I call it the evolution. It's really something that, that used to exist. It was tradition. Then, you know, we went away from it to try to be progressive. And essentially, I think we went backwards when we tried to progress. So now with, you know, some of the, the, the new stuff that's out there, like if you look, you know, Dr. Dr. Pepe published an article and we did some stuff down in Palm Beach where we were doing heads up CPR. Yep. And you were doing, you know, we were, we were waiting, we were not giving epi to ventricle dysrhythmia. So if somebody was in V-fib or VTAC, we just completely withhold epinephrine. You know, we were given amiodarone, but you know, anybody that was, that was in that refractory style type mm-hmm. ventricle fibrillation, we were actually going the opposite direction with Esmolol and beta blockers and double sequential defibrillation. And all of these things that are really cool and they're actually working very well for our organization. Well, it's high speed. And I, sometimes I think that we take the term traditional and we l- lump it into something where it's just stagnant. Right, so like, okay, well, we'll give it a really shiny name and we'll call it tradition, but really it's just a lack of evolution. And so I think what you're talking about is some really quality progression. And we just had Dr. Lori on before, um, who works with Dr. Pepe about Heads Up CPR, and we went over all that data, and it really is something that is cutting edge. And you know, it's it's things like this, it's data like this, it's podcasts like this, it's uh, literature like this, it's lectures like you're doing that gets this progression out to the masses, right? Because sure, it's great if it works for Palm Beach County, but unless it's adopted by other areas, well, then that tradition still exists, right? We need to progress as an industry, not just individually. So I think that a lot of these things that are out there, um, you know, things change all the time. I mean, like we, we evolve. The technology alone is incredible. But like you just said, the technology that gets better sometimes brings us back to the basics, right? I mean, the bundle, let's talk about the bundle part yep. of CPR, right? So it, it's basic. Right, very basic. I mean, we're we're using we're using ACDs, yep. right, and 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 we're we're using ITDs and, and everything else, and this isn't like rocket science, right? I mean, it's not. 
It's not. And I mean, if you look, if you look at some of the theories, I, I can tell you I'm guilty of, I'll just sit here and look you dead in the eye and tell you I made plenty of mistakes as a young paramedic where I thought, man, if I could just get them innovated, if I could just get the IV and all of the things that we thought were important are just proved not to be important. It's really just moving the patient, moving blood around in the patient, making sure there's oxygen attached to the hemoglobin and just really focusing on the dynamics of flow get out of all the other stuff. I agree, and I think that a lot of times we could be the most progressive if we just take a more traditional approach. Is that crazy? Is yeah. that like philosophical? Uh, <laughs> but it's true, right? I mean, you stop. Listen, there were people that became paramedics so they could intubate. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, like, that was the cool thing to do. No doubt. And now it's like, don't intubate. Like, you're wasting time, right? It's not necessary. Yep. And go more basic. So it's... Yeah, there's this whole dichotomy that exists and this juxtaposition that exists, which is crazy, but it really does take that tradition and that progression into account on both sides. Absolutely. So let's move on to some other things that uh, we, we can view as tradition versus progression. Let's talk about the opioid epidemic. Wow, I can tell you, we, we, were, we were very heavily impacted in Palm Beach County with the opioid ep epidemic, you know, starting in 2013. Uh, 2013 when you know right after they got shutting down all the pill mills and the, you know every the task force kind of shut yep. everything down unfortunately there was a lot of people throughout multiple communities I guess throughout the nation essentially that were, were hooked on these pills and you know they had nowhere else to turn unfortunately you know this is the, the way that we view uh, opioids is, is really is an illness sure. right so it's easy to look at somebody and say wow why did they overdose or I can't believe you overdose but ultimately do you say that about somebody that has hypertension Correct. so if someone has hypertension you say don't take you know your 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 hypertensive medication no it's really an illness so when you know the pill mill shut down they turned to somewhere else heroin obviously kicked up you know the heroin laced with the fentanyl and we really had a very difficult difficult time on our hands so i think that the 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 you know the old way of thinking if we were to talk about the tradition way is just load your belt up with narcan and you're ready to go and you're going to you're going to you know lift them off the ground with 10 milligrams of narcan but essentially Again, I hate to say the basics word, but we're really going to go back to the basics. You know, we looked at a protocol to, to be progressive and say, why don't we focus on what really keeps people alive, right? Is it Narcan or is it good basic BLS airway management? Is, you know, if we, if we could blow off some of that carbon dioxide and raise some of that pulse oximetry reading, can we get it to where we just titrate a little bit of Narcan yep. because we've taken them out of that acidotic state? So, you know, and, and that's just from the EMS perspective. If we were to take it really progressive, you start looking at some of the medication assistance to treatment like Suboxone, yep. like we did some, you know, Suboxone trials, and we had one of our hospitals come online, and they created an addiction stabilization unit to where we get the patient for a warm handoff, where we turn them right over to a clinical social worker, and they start going through that process of making sure that, number one, they have insurance. Uh, they provide them with, you know, a bundled health care. They give them privacy, and then they get them, you know, if they're willing to, you know, on some type of medication-assisted treatment, and ultimately, it's a revolving door. If not, you just, you give some Narcan, you take them to the hospital. Hospital, they sign out AMA and two hours later your rescue units back running that call again so that's the part where you know traditional say just give them some Narcan and it's it's the end of the day progression will tell you hey let's focus in on the basics here let's get them out of this acidotic state let's treat them with some dignity let's get them to a place that's going to take care of them and ultimately let's try and return them back to a functioning member of society again uh, that's so well said. It really is. And I think that it is, it's everything because it's a whole of care approach. Mm -hmm. Whereas we used to just be, you know, scene to facility, scene to facility, right? 
and then end it, right? But that handoff to that social worker or to that outpatient clinic that's going to get that person clean, we've always forgotten about that piece, right? And like it says, what what that translated to was us back out there in 15 minutes, yeah. right? You know, handing out pamphlets on addiction, on opioid addiction to patients in the vehicle, like we're, we were doing that. We are doing that in the Northeast. That was never part of our thing. We weren't handing pamphlets out. We weren't making sure that they had resources and, and they had help post our treatment. Because, right, as, as medics, like, we're just here to treat you, right? Right. That's tradition. Progression is, listen, there is a whole other emotional aspect to this that needs to be dealt with. And, and that's what EMS is, right? We adapt and we evolve. So, you know, we're very blessed. I, I can tell you there's a program that we have within our organization where we took, all, you know, we take every one of our overdose calls and we reach out to them. Yep. Uh, you know, if our crews get the phone number, we reach out to them the next day and make sure they're linked up with any of the, the resources that we have within the county. We're very blessed in Palm Beach County because it starts at the top and our administrators all support what we're doing. And, you know, we call it Team PBC because really it's Team Palm Beach County to try and fix this problem uh, for all the citizens within the county. So I'll take it one step further as far as progression, especially after the COVID pandemic. And I, I, I shouldn't say that because we're still dealing with it. But what about our own? The mental well-being of our own and the progression of, you know what? It's okay to not be okay. And that is a huge thing, right? Tradition always tells you we're tough. We can do this. We compartmentalize everything. You know, don't worry about, well, how do you do that? Your neighbor or your wife says, oh, don't worry about it. I'm just cut differently, right? We're not, we're human beings. And I think that there's never been a better example of that than post this COVID pandemic. Uh, I, you know, I can tell you, I, I know personally three or four uh, responders that have taken their own life mm -hmm. after this because they just couldn't do it any longer. And progression tells you that we need to do something about that. Oof, I get chills, you know, when, when you talk about this, Mike, because honestly, it, you hit the nail on the head. There's really not a whole bunch more I can add to that, but I can tell you, tradition says, we got this. You know, we, we'll run another call. We don't need to talk about this. And progression tells you that stop that. You know, you, you are actually much more likely to suffer from some traumatic, you know, stress uh, incident secondary to our job. So I think as, as good peers amongst the people we work with, we need to, you know, see something, say something, get, get, get with your team, you know, have a process, have a wellness um, program within your organization. Now is the time. And I agree with you. This is this is something that we must progress in or essentially we, we don't survive. Without question, you know, be that open ear um, within your organization. If, if you see somebody, just tell them it's okay to not be okay and you're there to listen to them. And then you can certainly channel that information to the, inf to the people that need to know so that help can, you know, be delivered to them. Because to leave them to, to languish on their own, that is a true disservice and you're negligent in doing so. On a lighter note... <laughs> um, progress as far as vehicle safety what about that i mean let's look at tradition right we used to put ourselves in the back of the ambulance to treat the patient and we were just sitting ducks for when that ambulance got hit so that we would become pinball in the back right well what's evolved yeah, I, I can tell you, if you look at some, you know, we just, we were, we were blessed. We just get to, you know, purchase a couple of new rescue trucks. And if you look at the seatbelts that they're putting in the back of these trucks now, you know, really they're, they'll allow you to be uh, seatbelted in the back and almost stand up and be working on the patient. It's that almost like a bungee cord that, that they've got true. tied to you. Yep. 
Uh, and, and, you know, if we don't look at things like that, you know, let's just talk about driving, everyday driving and not wearing seatbelts. You know, you, you, you get in the rescue truck and you think that you're a hero. You think you're six foot ten and, you know, you're made of steel and you, you know, we're going to save somebody. But we don't even put our seatbelts on. Yep. So, you know, you look at stuff on the dash and, and putting additional things up on the rescue truck and you get into an accident. Next thing you know, that thing's in your, you know, in your face or in your chest. So. I, I just, again, tradition. Tradition will tell you, we don't need to worry about that. We're good. We got a big truck. We're going to be safe. But ultimately, we know there's a lot of people that unfortunately die in ambulance accidents. And it's really just because the, you know, tradition, we're tough. We got this. Yep. But progression is going to tell you that, that we need to take every precaution possible, especially in the back of the truck. So many different ways that we have progressed as an industry, and yet many that we've stayed the same. But, you know, ultimately, what we need to realize is that patient safety and provider safety is the number one goal at all times so charles this was awesome man and like i said we could probably go on for a much longer time and rap about this but i think we hit on a lot of the important points uh that are out there and you know give you a little something to think about because um you know we are progressing um and we need to continue to progress and we need to evolve in this industry so that we remain relevant and sustainable. So Chief Charles Coyle, thank you so much, brother, for coming on and rapping with me today. Thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate the time. And thank you for listening to episode nine of EMS World Live from Expo Floor. We have 13 of these during our time here on the floor, so tune in. Mike McCabe, thanks again. This has been an episode of EMS World Podcast. You can find this audio and more like it on the podcast page of emsworld.com. You can also follow EMS World on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 